You're listening to the Bear Down Chicago Podcast with Logan Bradley, Ryan Dangle, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Chagru, and Jack Wright. The Bear Down Chicago Podcast. Yeah, we're that Bears podcast. All right, folks, welcome into another edition of the Bear Down Chicago podcast. I am your host, Ryan Dangle. If you want to find me on Twitter, you can hit me at Ryan Dangle. That's D-E-N-G-E-L. Folks, just as a quick, as always, if you are listening on the audio only, come check us out on YouTube. We would we would love to hang out with you. You can see what the guys with the voices look like. Uh, as well as the flip side of that is if you're checking us out on YouTube, maybe you want to listen in the car. We are streaming just about everywhere. Now I am joined by the one, the only, the assistant editor of Bears Wire, Brennan Shagru. If you want to find Brennan on Twitter, you can hit him at Brennan Shagru. That's S-U-G-R-U-E. Brennan, two things. One, Blackie, Beats by Blackie Chan, our intro. Freaking love it. Every time I hear it, man, I get I get I get ready. I get jazzed. I'm I think it's so cool. And the second thing is, I feel like I haven't seen you in like seven months. Like I know it's only been like what three weeks, but still it feels like forever. How are you, dude? Dude, it's been a long time. I'm good. It's been a busy weekend. And yeah, like the last few shows, obviously you had prior obligations and then I was hosting. So it's nice to kind of be in the passenger seat for once or at least back (laughs) again. (laughs) A little less responsibility, thankfully, but it's been it's been good. I know it does feel like a long time, but yeah, we're we're fully in the offseason now. I was just thinking today, like I was sitting outside on my deck with my dog and I'm like, there's no bear stuff going on today. Like there's no mini camp yet there. We already got through the rookie mini camp. It's very like, just, you know, chill out. Let's, let's wait until we get like more into the summer. And yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. It's a slow time of the off season. Okay. So two quick questions for you. Do you watch 1921, whatever drive it is? 1920. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. 1920 drive. And then mm-hmm. the other thing is, I don't, I can't remember what your answer, like, do you want to see them um, in hard knocks? Yes. And yes. Uh, first off, I think the, so they've been doing 1920 now for a couple years, but it really feels like with this new front office, they're actually showing a lot more and they're getting more in depth instead of just having Jeff Joniak narrate over a few practices and a few sound bites, like actually getting into the war room with the draft and getting just like in depth and personal with some of those draft picks. I think it's really cool. So yes, I would love to see hard knocks. I know some people are like, we don't need the distraction. We don't need the, you know, the fanfare around it, but I say, bring it on. It's a fun opportunity. I love watching hard knocks with every other team. And why wouldn't I want to get like up close and personal with my favorite team? No, I I feel the same way just to get that, that, almost i mean okay i was about to say unfiltered but it's definitely filtered access but just that like the the looks of the ins and the outs of of all the stuff that goes on and to see it for your team i think it's it's a real special treat and i get that it's a a nuisance to the team but man i like i don't 
I don't know. We it's this is maybe getting too far into the podcast, but I don't. This team, I don't think is going to the Super Bowl this year, right? And so shut there's, your there's... mouth. <laughs> okay, no, okay, are, okay. Kidding. I want to make sure. Are, are we I'm there? Are, are we? No, no, no. Are we drinking the Kool Aid yet? No, um, no. But but I know what you mean. Like you're not giving up like competitive secrets or competitive advantages. Like you're already showing stuff on 1920, and yes, that is like controlled by the Bears. I, I just think that's overblown and. Okay, the the Lions didn't make the playoffs last year, but they still have a, had a winning record, their best record in years. They were on hard knocks, didn't seem to do them any harm. Why not the Bears? No, I agree. I, I'm I'm having a I'm having a moment, like really thinking about this. The Detroit Lions might be the favorite to win the NFC North this year, maybe. They they could be and, and to, uh, to some sports books they are. Look, I've wow, that's a. Right. Did, 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 I feel I feel really weird saying that. Like it, it I, I. When when has that happened in 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 your sports fandom that the Lions have been potentially the best team in the NFC North? Never, literally never. <laughs> I mean, I've been a fan. I've said it many times. Going on twenty now twenty plus years. The Lions have made some wild cards, but they've never competed for the division. And, dude, we love certain Lions fans. We do. I know especially you do with certain podcasts. But, dude, that fan base is so freaking chesty right now. <laughs> like, you would think that they went to the conference championship with how much they're talking. Like, everything runs through Detroit now. Guys, you had a 9-8 and eight season. You won one game over 500, and you were dog crap for half the season. Like, let's just pump the brakes a little bit. I'm okay giving the Lions their flowers. I am. Like they, they, they it. did beat Green Bay at the end of this. I mean, Green Bay was bad last, but still, you know what I mean. Like they sent Aaron Rodgers packing, and that yeah, part was you know awesome. what? Tua and the Dolphins would have sent Aaron Rodgers packing if he wasn't concussed for the third time this season. For real, like yeah. that would have happened weeks earlier. The Lions, they they were fine. They had some good games. Let's just not act like they're this, you know, they were one game away from the damn Super Bowl or anything. You know what I mean? I'm just a little, I, again, I'm giving the Lions their credit. They are probably and deservedly so the favorites for the NFC North, but just the amount of Lions fans coming at us, Bears fans particularly, just puffing their chest, like, yeah, we run the North now. Well, do you? Because you still didn't win the damn division. Yeah, I, you know, I maybe we're forgetting about the Minnesota Vikings, but I just, I, I don't, I just don't, don't see it maybe necessarily. I know I, again, same thing. KOC, I think did a really, really good job with the Minnesota Vikings last year. Uh, you, they have Justin Jefferson, right? That in and of itself makes them a, a competitor in, in some ways. I just, I, I'm trying to think about a time when the NFC North was this wide open, right? I, I don't think there's a very clear favorite. Like, so I say it might be the lions, but I don't think that yeah. it is with absolute certainty, the Detroit lions. Yeah. Uh, my mind immediately goes to 2009 for very different reasons. That was when Brett Favre went to the Vikings for the first year. Aaron Rodgers yeah. was coming into his own. It was like a second full season starting. The bears just got Jay Cutler. We thought there were many great years ahead with him. And then the Lions, of course, had Matthew Stafford with the first overall pick. They were starting him. So you kind of like looked at that division back then and said, hey, it's anybody's game. Yeah. Anybody could do well with this. 
it's it's kind of exciting and of course it didn't didn't go well for the bears unfortunately but this year yeah you have some proven quarterbacks with jared goff and kirk cousins on unproven guys with Jordan Love and then some you know I'd say in the middle Justin Fields somebody who's proven enough or something maybe needs to prove more but it it is exciting it's fun to actually go into a season and be like for all intents and purposes it's anyone's game now that Aaron Rodgers is gone and the Vikings too we've talked a little bit about them they're selling off guys traded Zadarius Smith might want to trade Dalvin Cook they let Adam Thielen go they're a team that you know they don't want to tell you they're rebu- they're rebuilding, but they're kind of rebuilding. It's just it's a, again you know as much just shit as I've given Kirk Cousins because I don't I I just don't get it. I mean he is a stat monster in the regular season, and he still has Justin Jefferson to throw to. I mean he's, he still has some weapons over there. Their defense is okay you know obviously as you said uh smith leaving does does hit hard but i don't know man i just again i'm you know there's there's no team in here that i think is necessarily the world beater like you know there's there's no kansas city chief uh you know like team that's sitting in the nfc north right now but it's just it's a little different i mean while i think the bears are vastly improved i don't necessarily think they're I don't know. I I don't I don't see them going anything more than than eight or nine wins. I don't know. We saw the That's schedule fair. release. What what are you kind of thinking about that? And folks, just as a quick programming note, we're still waiting for um, Ill Will and Dan uh, from Three Kings of the Midway to to hop into this uh, episode. And as soon as they do, we'll get them in. Um, so yeah, Brendan, what are you kind of thinking about that after looking at the schedule? What are your kind of thoughts on that? Okay, so my early predictions that I gave Bears Wire, I don't, it's really hard. Obviously, we know we're putting the caveat in. It's so difficult to predict a schedule when training camp hasn't even started, preseason hasn't started. As of right now, I have them at eight wins. And I think that's maybe a game or two, maybe generous. I think it's going to be a a schedule of runs where I think they're going to lose quite a few games early on. Then they're going to win, lose, win. Like, you look at the schedule, okay, a win against Green Bay, sure. Going down to Tampa Bay in September, that's really hard. It's hot in Tampa Bay. It's humid in Tampa Bay. The Bears have not won in Tampa Bay in September or October since the mid-90s. So at least, you know, in the early season, early part of the season. So that's difficult. You have the Chiefs then. You could possibly be looking at a one and two start. So I, I think this is going to be a schedule of runs, but right now I have eight wins and who knows, probably after preseason, I'm going to be talked into 10 because that's how it goes. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, with that being said, we've got some people we got to thank. And then um, our good friend, Dan Goodwin, the third of three Kings, the midway has just shown up and we're excited to have him on. So first and foremost, we got to thank our guy, Jeff Cadwallader. Now you've heard me say this a couple times. Jeff is in a bit of, of a state of transition right now, but he's still sponsoring the show. And so we just want to say thank you to Jeff literally like from the onset, it was, we're going to start this podcast. We're going to do the bear down Chicago podcast. And he said, how can I help? How can I support? And he's been with us since the very, very beginning. So Jeff, thank you so much for sponsoring this show. Ryan, it's summertime. This weekend is so freaking beautiful. Like just being outside and, you know, having some fun. I had a couple of beers earlier with a buddy playing some bags, 
But of course, when summertime hits, hits, you have to be looking good. My hair's a mess right now. That's why I'm wearing a hat. Don't usually wear hats on the podcast. So I definitely need to go to our guys at Sheridan's Barbershop. Because Sheridan's Barbershop is located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois. They've been serving the community for 69 years. They have six barbers. And they're open six days a week, Monday through Saturday. And appointments available to book online or by phone at your convenience. So if you're in the area, visit SheridansBarbershop.com or call 630-668-0137 and book your appointment today. Sheridan's Barbershop, where traditional meets modern. I am so excited to bring this guy on. This is my the 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 guy the the first of the three kings that I had an interaction with, and right from the start, I was just like, "This is a good dude. He obviously knows his stuff, and, and we're going to hear all about that." But just right from the onset, it wasn't, "Hey, you know, I'm a Bears fan. I've got this many followers, or our podcast is this big a deal." It was, "Hey, I'm a dad. You're a dad. Congratulations!" and um, my favorite memory as I bring on Dan Goodwin the third. Dan, how are you, my friend? How's it going? Man, I'm doing so good, man. I'm 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 happy to be here. It's it's what a wonderful introduction you gave me just now. I appreciate that. And yeah, man, it was authentic, genuine. You know what I mean? Um dude. Interaction with you, same thing with Brendan. Interaction is uh always cool, man, to have with you guys and talk with you guys, sit down and and when you said, Hey, come on on the show this week, I was like Hey, I'm there. I'm there. <laughs> All right. So my favorite memory by far is because you were on our podcast quite a few times. And then the one that I'm thinking about, it was just you and me. And we're talking about Justin Fields being drafted and in the middle of it. Tevin Jenkins gets drafted. So I want to just total. This is not in our list of questions, but now you got me curious. I still feel like he could be one of the best offensive linemen on this team. How are you feeling about Tevin Jenkins now? I think he's I think he's going to be able to come into his own this year, really. Uh, he'll go into this season kind of knowing exactly what his role is going to be. I think um, the previous two seasons, he's kind of gone in there and it's been like a musical chairs at the at the offensive lineman position. Mm-hmm. So it's more solidified. It's more set as to what they want to do. You can kind of see the vision and maybe that gives him a sense of purpose. And you know what I mean? Let's him step into his role, you might say, embrace it. And move forward. I think he'll he'll really uh, come out. We know he's got the talent, man. It's it's undeniable, right? He's he's nasty. He's tough up front. Yeah, he's got everything you need in a in a in a guard position, right? Even a tackle. But um, I think he's better suited for guard. I think he's going to be physical. Um, and you need that toughness. You need that that physical, mean guy up front. You know, you look at some of these teams that dominate, man. Their guard play is always outstanding. You yep. know what I mean? From the Zach Martins or, or who is it? Uh, yeah, you know, from from him to um, uh, Quentin Nelson to I mean, just so many of these guys that that really dominate in the in the middle of the line. You know, of course you need your protection, right? But those guys do so much to help the center and also help the help the tackle. You know, when they need to double team and stuff like that. So, yeah. It's definitely going to be nice for him to actually, of course, he's moving again. You talk about musical chairs. He's moving over to the left side. But at the very least, the plan is for him to be next to Braxton Jones now, who played every single snap at left tackle. He was, you know, whether it was Riley Reef, Larry Borum, guys were coming in back and forth on the right side next to him as he was learning a new position. So hopefully that continuity will help. But um, also, Dan, real quickly, got to shout out the Bulls love we're giving right now. I love yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, 
you know, we, we it's playoff season, you know what I mean? And, yep. and and I said, let me go ahead and throw some bull stuff on just because. Especially with Jimmy Butler playing. Yeah, okay. Jimmy, Jimmy's doing his thing. So <laughs> l- let me ask, have you guys see, have you seen Air yet on Amazon Prime? I haven't. Actually, I'm going to watch it tonight, though. Okay, oh, nice. so – I don't. I'm not a basketball fan. I. I really. I'm not the shoe connoisseur that I know you are. Mm-hmm. I was glued to the screen. It was so freaking good. So Dan, I can't wait to hear what you have to say about it, man. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'm gonna. I'm gonna definitely watch it tonight, and I'll probably touch base with you tomorrow and let you know. What that sounds about. great. <laughs> sounds great. All right. So talk to us. Where are the three kings at? Not not physically. Where are you guys at? But like, how's everything going with that? Um, how's the podcast running? I know you guys. You're running the same problem that most of us are running into, trying to get the logistics of everybody together all the time, um, and also a little bit of the off season. How's everything going for you guys? Yeah, it's scheduling, man. You know, you got you got guys who, who you know we have jobs, and then we have what we do with podcasting, and you know it's just a matter of trying to get everybody lined up, schedules coinciding. Um, and things like that, but we're still rolling. We're still good. Um, Ill Will is doing his thing, of course, on Twitter. You guys see him all the time. Myself, Devori, you know, we we love the Bears, and we're going to always be around to talk about the Bears. So I'm looking forward to continuing that. Um, and and with with Three Kings, we have a show that we'll be putting out next week. Of course, we were going to put one out this week. I had a death in the family, though. Oh um, man, Dan, my brother in law. Yeah, my brother in law died. So you know, things like that. Um, but it, they, these types of things happen. So we had to kind of switch some things around. So we didn't get to do our show this week, but we'll do it next week. We'll see how it goes. And then, um, going from there, we'll be putting out a show every week, getting ready for the season, getting ready, amped up for it, you know? So we're looking forward to it. Well, Dan, our our condolences, man. We're that, that really sorry to hear that. Oh, absolutely. I appreciate that, man. I appreciate it. Let, hey, so I know that uh, Roy's going to be here a little bit. I know he, he texted me that he was going to be running a little bit late, but mm-hmm. I do want to hop into the questions. Um, and so if that's okay with you, Dan, I, I want to hop right into it. And if it's okay with you, kind of make this a little bit of more fun conversation. We'll all kind of poke in and, and kind of throw in our two thoughts if that works for you. Yeah. All right. Dust is settled. The draft is done. I want to hear overall thoughts, but then Dan, I also want to hear maybe a guy that you're just, you're really excited about and one that you're like, I don't know if I got that draft pick. I'm maybe cautious is the right word. You know, one that you're kind of wait and see feeling for. So overall thoughts and excited and a, a cautious for. I think overall thoughts is outstanding draft um, from top to bottom. In my opinion, they were able to do some things, some things that we thought they were going to do. And then they also did some things that we didn't expect them to do. Right. But at the end of the day, you look at what, what Ryan Poles and Matty Reflips were doing, and they're solidifying their roster. And one of the things that stood out to me with this, with what they did this year, is they stacked on top of what they have, right? Um, everybody wanted Jackson Smith and Jigma. My co-host, Devore, he was beating the table. Jackson Smith and Jigma, right? Yes. And we went back and forth several times about that, and I was just like, no, that's a that's – a, that's a position of, of wealth, right? We, we, we could get him. Yeah, we could have, we could have probably tried to get him, but did we really need him at this point with DJ Moore, with, with, with Mooney coming back with Chase Claypool, you want to see what those guys can do. Right. So you let them kind of do their thing. I think if you have that fourth guy that's thrown in there, it's just a situation where nobody is going to get enough time to really show who they are. Right. You're going to be switching guys in and out and so on and so forth. So it just didn't make sense for, in, in my opinion. Now, 
Um, what they were able to do, though, is stack people up, right? And what I mean by that is if you have your roster, you have running back, say running back, for instance, or, or you know, the guard positions, the, the tackle positions, all these different positions that you have, when you draft guys, you want to stack them on top of those guys, push everybody else yeah. down. Yeah. And I think that's what they were able to do. They drafted Darnell Wright. That puts him at that right tackle position, pushes everybody else down. So when you're stacking that up, you're not you're not sliding guys in in the middle of the roster and and then they just sit there in purgatory, right? For for two or three years and then you don't know what you have at the end of their their rookie deal, but you're able to, you know, put guys in the position. Um, you know, even Roshan Johnson, I think he's gonna come in. I think he's gonna be a really good good signing. Um he was number four, I believe, on my what I, what I felt like the running back position from college coming out was was going to be in this draft, and that was Bijan, that was that was um, Jameer Gibbs, Zach Charbonnet, and then he was number four. But he was really close to Zach Charbonnet for me, and so you know when I saw that he he he, he got chose by Chicago, I was ecstatic because I love Texas anyway. You guys know that, and um, you know I love Texas and Notre Dame, but um, I was I was ecstatic. I followed this guy. He does everything you want him to do, and he will be a starting running back in this NFL, right? He just happened to play with B. John Robinson, who was just, you know, right. a man amongst boys, right? So um, so when I look at the when I look at what they did, I'm man, totally excited about it. I think it's gonna be work out well. I think you have pieces that you stacked on top of the roster, pushing the roster down. That means you're getting better. You don't have to you know, of course, we draft people, and sometimes we have to put a lot of work into them and develop them and things like that. But these are guys who will develop faster than normal, right? So that's that's what you want. Can I just – so I realized as you're saying that, Dan, Ryan, we haven't been able to talk with you after the draft because you couldn't make, you couldn't make the show. Can I say what you said in the group text when Roshan Johnson was picked? I don't get it. I didn't. I didn't understand. He, Ryan it. was like, "We picked a running back." I didn't really? get it. I didn't. Like, I, now here's the thing. I, I I I've had a chance to hear a lot about him. I think the thing that got me like excited, maybe excited isn't the word, but uh, but looking at him in a really positive light is that he learned the special teams playbook, like whatever it was they had him learn in like in one night. Like dude went home. And just went over and over and over again. He was the only person that got like a perfect score when they had rookie minicamp. And so this that's a guy that you, that you want on your roster. I just felt at that particular time and place, I didn't understand the pick. I, I just, I didn't get it. But Dan, you know, like to your point, you know, you're thinking that he's number four, they need a good running back. I just thought they liked Dante Foreman, but, you, but Brendan, you were saying that, he, that that's a stopgap guy yeah. to begin with. Yeah. And I think he's somebody who really compliments Khalil Herbert well. And we talked a lot about it with Jacob Infante when he was on a few weeks ago. You got a running back who has star qualities, who doesn't have a ton of tread on the tires. Or, I mean, he hasn't um, removed a ton of tread. Like, he's mm-hmm. he's got fresh legs. Like, 93 carries his last season, still the same yards per carry as Bijan Robinson. That's huge. So you're getting a guy who hopefully, fingers crossed, you can actually get a lot of wear and tear out of because he didn't have that much in college. It's really, it's really cool to see. And just I have not, I really have not heard the amount of praise coming out for a Bears draft pick like Roshan Johnson, whether it's his college coach, Deshard Choice, Bijan himself. 
other college scouts, the Bear Scouts themselves, like this kid's special. It, it's unbelievable to hear the amount of praise that this guy has, and it seems like it's well-deserved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and one of the things that stood out to me is if you follow Texas football and you, you listen to what the coaches are saying, this guy has been under a couple of different coaches, right? And each one of those coaches, head coach and whatnot, uh, even even offensive coordinators, you know, from the changeovers and, and things like that, um, even those guys, they have all said that he's the leader. In a, in a, in a locker room that featured B. John Robinson, probably the best running back in the country, right? right? Probably for the last two years. You know, it was him and Kenneth Walker the previous year. Kenneth Walker went to the draft, and now it was he was like pretty much, you know, he was the guy, you know, coming out of college. So, you know, and on a roster that, that featured B. John Robinson, him being the backup to him, he stood out as the leader, vocal leader, you know, he they led, they he followed, you know, people followed him. Even B. John Robinson himself said that. So, you know, he's got some leadership abilities and, and qualities to his game. And not only that, but he can do some of the things that Bijan can do. He's probably not as good, of course, right? Dijon is, you know, exceptional. But you know, when you're talking about being able to receive the ball out of the backfield, run the ball, run between the tackles, run outside, he fits the mold of doing all of the things necessary. So, you know, and 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 it also goes a long way. You've seen that video, that, that, that picture of him with a Chicago Bears jersey or, or a sweatshirt on in, in, in college. So that that always looks good. Oh, absolutely. And a good and a good blocker. I, I, I don't think I was mad about the player himself. It's just. I thought that there were other positions that they needed, but that's not what Ryan Poles does. Ryan Poles gets the guy that he wants, that he thinks is the best, you know, position or, or rather the best draft guy at that spot. So, yeah. Hey. Yeah. yeah. So I, I want to follow that up. Um, what's one player or who's one player that maybe had you scratching your head? Like maybe, ah, do we need that guy? Do we need to go that position? Was there anybody that the Bears actually picked, even though you said it was a really good draft? Um, I don't know if I scratched my head on any of them, to be honest with you. I think I think from the defensive tackle position, we got two good guys that can play right away and help the team. I think, of course, Roshan, we just spoke about him. Mm-hmm. I think um, Darnell Wright, that was – Darnell Wright was a good pick, and I would I have no problem with that pick at all. And at the beginning of the draft, though, I always said that I would have gone somewhere else mm-hmm. um, except for the offensive line, right? So we need offensive line help, but I was just so focused on defensively. I, I focused the whole offseason. I was just like, man – I know we need offensive line. I know we do, right? But at the end of the day, we had, what, 17 sacks as a team last year. You know what I mean? I was just like, we – Yeah. Bre- Brendan, yeah, let, let, let's put this question up here. We're, so so this is further down the chain, but it just it's it couldn't be more perfect. Dan, I'm right there with you. They walked away with this draft with zero pass rushers. They mm-hmm. don't have any pass rushers on their team. What do they do? At, I mean, they, they have to sign somebody, right? Yeah, they're going to sign somebody. Um, I've I've been saying it before free agency started that Yannick Ngakwe is a guy that that yep. that I mean he he produces now. Now the problem with Yannick is that he's not great against the run, but neither was Robert Quinn, neither was Leonard Floyd, right? 
So you can you can hide that, you can mask it, and, and and things like that. If you have other guys that are able to contribute, right? So we've solidified some of the defensive front and the defensive tackle positions, right? And so if you bring a guy like Yannick in, then then he can be masked, he can be helped, uh, and, and things like that. One thing that you could say about him, even though he is not great against the run, um, he produces. Look at his look at his track record. He has several. Several seven, you know, um, ten plus sack seasons. He's produced at every single stop along the way in Indianapolis, the Raiders, Jacksonville Jaguars. He's produced everywhere in different defenses, right, with different coordinators. Um, so that's a, that's a guy that you could possibly get. There's other guys that are available as well. I would say take a run at him first because he has a little bit of little bit of understanding of the defense and what they want to do because he did play with Indianapolis. Right. And uh, at this point, you have depth players. You have guys who can play the run, who can play the pass. They're not those superstar. Or I shouldn't say super superstar, but they're not those pure pass rushers like a guy like Yannick Ngakwe, Justin Houston, etc. I call them mercenary pass rushers. You <laughs> you get a guy cheap in the offseason, you put him on third down, and you just say, pin your ears back and go get the quarterback. Absolutely. That's what you need. You know, if you can get, if you can stop the run and do some things on first and second down and make it like a third and six, third and seven, and you put these guys on the field to get the pass rush or to get the quarterback, that's what you need. That's all we're asking for. We know that. Obviously, there's deficiencies with the guys who are on the market right now, but just somebody like that—that's that's all we're looking for. That's it. That's it. I think you're right about that. Definitely. Well, I'll be curious to see if uh, Javon Dexter or Zach Pickens, like just being a presence in the middle of the defensive line, can somewhat help. Maybe some of these developing guys like Dom, uh, Dominique Robinson. Um, I don't know why I'm totally drawing a blank. Um, Travis, Travis Gibson, Gibson Travis Gibson. Green. Thank you so much. Right, like to to, to see if those guys can can maybe get free up a little bit. I don't I don't know, but this I, I I would agree with you, Dan. I don't think the guy is on this team right now. I thought Travis Gibson was going to be a guy to step up last year, and yep, what he did last year was I was I was blown away. I mean. It was so disappointing, man. I mean, he came off of, you know, having a really good season as a backup to to go in there and kind of have his his opportunity to – that's all you ask for. As a football player, that's all we ever ask for. Give me an opportunity and let me, let me show you what I can do. He had an opportunity and he squandered it last year, in my opinion. Yeah. Now, is he going to be presented with another one? It's possible. It's possible that he has – you know, going into this season, maybe they say, hey – Fight for it. You know what I mean. They they still have two open spots in my in my estimation, right? Both end spots are are wide open. Anybody can grab them. I think Dominson uh, Dominique Rod, uh, Robinson is a good player, but he's so young at that position. Last year was his first time ever playing that position. He played quarterback. He played wide receiver, and you know things like that. So his first time ever playing that position is at the top level ever everywhere NFL not even in college high school none of that yeah. did he play that position so he's got a lot to learn at that position um but he does have talent and he can be like a situational guy right now maybe he develops further you know I don't put it past him I hope I hope these guys can you know the coaching staff 
can develop guys. The one thing with Travis Gibson, I'll say, and I'm with you. I was so disappointed. I had him on, I think is our like ninth or 10th, like most important bear going into 2022 to take that next step because we knew Robert Quinn wasn't long for this team. You were hoping that you can get something out of Travis Gibson long-term and maybe that's still the case, but I will say, and I think it was either the second or first even, but one of the highest double team rates in 2022, especially when Robert Quinn left guys were just keying in on him. They knew he was their biggest threat. They were just double teaming him as best they could as many times as they could so he couldn't get to the quarterback and that was the case so but hopefully with some of these guys coming in demarcus walker had a career year last year rasheem green seems to at least produce a modest amount every year he's been in the league you can get those guys to take some of the heat off and travis gibson can once again have a year closer to what we had in 2021 because you're right. He he had like what, like five fumbles, like six and a half sacks. Like that was awesome. Banging up some, yeah. Khalil Mack and and Robert Quinn. Yeah, yeah. And that's that. That's another thing. I, I thought about it. I was I was sitting back thinking like, what are they gonna do if they don't go and grab some? Maybe they grab one guy or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's still not enough, right? So I'm looking at the roster and I say, okay, well maybe they're 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 planning on just sending waves of guys, waves of guys, and and hopefully they hold up. And, and, and you send so much, so many waves of guys, healthy, fresh legs throughout the game yeah. that that they start to, to eat away at the offensive line towards the end of the games, right? So that's maybe that's maybe that's the, the idea that they're going to run with. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I, I do like that, especially with the interior, because we got all excited with Javon Dexter and Zach Pickens. As you know, Dexter could play that, you know, that one tech Pickens could play the three tech. And uh, I believe Ibrafulu said, like, slow your roll. Andrew Billings and Justin Jones, they're still the starters, but these guys are still going to get runs. So that alone, that's a four deep mm-hmm. interior group, which, you know, you got fresh legs there, which is really important. If you could do the same thing with the edges with some of those guys that we mentioned, You're right. I think that is going to be really effective because you wear the offensive line down. Those guys aren't rotating out. You can Mm -hmm. at least have a deep group like that. I think that that's a good point. I think it can make a difference. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Dan, let me ask you this. Which rookie do you think makes the biggest impact right away? Not necessarily long-term, but just right out of the gates. Boom. This is the guy. I would say, I'd probably say it's, it's gotta be Darnell Wright. I mean, he's going to be stepping into the position of right tackle. If he's able to solidify that in, in, in a training camp and preseason um, and grab hold of that, that position, then maybe he becomes that guy. If not him, if not him, be, be careful. The kid from Miami, the cornerback from Miami is a monster. He can play football. He can play football. He tackles, he will come up and hit you in the mouth. He's physical. That's the type of cornerbacks that they love. They want long, rangy guys who can, who are not afraid, you might say, to get physical on the edges. And you know, if if he can, if he can step up, then that might be a really good pick as well for the for the Bears. But I would say probably Darnell Wright makes the most impact right away, just because he's going to have that opportunity at right tackle. And and if he can solidify that, if he can push some people around, he's a nasty one too. He's 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 tough up there, man. So. You know, the, the offensive line is looking much better. It's 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 improved. Yeah, definitely got an upgrade. But I'm curious, and you said you might have leaned defense in the first round. 
offensive tackle was always going to be a big option no matter what. But I was I was very vocal about wanting Paris Johnson as like my top. And then I I wanted Broderick Jones over Darnell Wright, but I wasn't like complaining about the pick at all because we, I know we needed an offensive tackle. Ryan Poles put him through the ringer. He liked what he saw. But I'm kind of curious what you thought about just the other offensive tackles. Was Darnell Wright higher on your list? Did you kind of want them to go Broderick Jones? Like, was there any difference there for you? Yeah, I think I think those guys were all good. And this is what I said about them. And I'll say the same thing again. I think any of those guys would have been good at that pick, right? They would have been fine. That was my reason for saying I want somebody from the defense because I didn't think anyone stood out as opposed to the other guys, right? So they're good players. I'm not taking anything away from them. I'm not saying they're bad at all, right? But at the same time, I'm saying, hey, there, there's – Nobody's standing out. Nobody's, I'm that guy. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm this guy. Now, you know, guys rose and they dropped down and, and things like that, and, and that's fine. And Darnell Wright seems to be a, a really good pick for them right now, right? And, and that's what, that's hindsight 2020. But at the time, and I still say it even now, the reason I was leaning towards defense is because I felt like a greater impact can be made on the defensive side of the ball. So, you know, I was leaning and I was looking at guys like, you know, I, I was even saying, hey, if they if there's you know, if it's not there, if somebody's not there for you at, at nine or ten or wherever you are, wherever you trade it down, nine they trade it down to. If mm-hmm. it's not there, trade down again. And and I would have been happy with Brian Breesey because I believe Brian Breesey is on the same level as Jalen Carter. Now he got hurt. He got hurt when he was at Clemson. But if you look at his stats and what he did the year previous before that. And he and he had some other issues at Clemson, not 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 personal issues or anything like that, but you know, death and family and things like that. And you know, so you give a guy like that a little bit of leeway. But man, I mean, he was able to produce. He was a five-star recruit. He was number one in this position coming out of high school. So all of those things said, hey, this dude is not. He's not bad. Yeah, he did have an injury. But he's past that, and he showed that at that pro day and, and also at the combine. So I was kind of leaning to that because I felt like that was a value pick. When I say value picks, I say, okay, what can you get at this position at, let's say, for instance, 15, 20? What can you get at 20 where four years from now you'll look back and say, man, if he went top 10 or if he went 11 or 12 – that would have been great. You know what I mean? We got to steal. You know what I mean? So I looked at it like that, uh, you know, and that's why I was leaning towards defense a little bit more. Mm-hmm. How perfect is this? So we have Ill Will, Roy, coming in, your co-host, and he also happens to be wearing oh, man. a Chicago Bulls hat. <laughs> All right. You know what's wrong, Brendan? Closet, man. I'm only in on playoffs too. <laughs> I was telling Ben, I was like, we are we are in solidarity of our guy Jimmy Butler. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Hemi, yeah. Hemi Butler. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Roy, how are you, man? It has been a very long time, dude. How's life? It's good, man. Busy, man. I was I was trying to make dinner real quick for the kids. I went to the gym, talked to my brother. I'm like running around like a chick with my head cut off. I was like, I'm going to be late, but I'll be there. <laughs> hey, we're excited to have you. We're excited to have you. Okay, so we've been talking to Dan. we got some really good stuff. Can you give me like 30 seconds, your overall thoughts on the 2023 draft? 
I like it, man. Uh, uh, I like more than just the players. I like the approach that Ryan Poles has. And we talked about this on our podcast that he likes to accumulate dry picks, just takes a bunch of swings. Not all these picks are going to work out, but when you pick 11 players, right, every draft, you're going to have like four or five that hit. And that's how you build a roster. So that's my main thing. I just like that overall approach. I'm glad we have a GM that finally like does that type of uh, that type of strategy in the draft. Just pick and pick and pick and pick and pick players out the player, you know. It's such a difference between Ryan Pace and Ryan Poles. Like, mm-hmm. just feel like Ryan Ryan Pace was like, "Hey, let's spend all this money and all this draft capital to get somebody that used to be good," versus <laughs> Poles saying, "No, no, 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 let's let's set it up for the future." It's just, I mean, it's just such a vastly different approach. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it, I, I love it, man. I know people get mad about like I don't get caught. I get I don't get caught up in each pick necessarily mainly because we don't know what these guys are going to do right we can look at these guys tape and be like oh i think he's going to be good but the reality is a crapshoot right outside of like the first round draft picks and maybe the second it's a crapshoot right some of these guys work out some of these guys don't and the way good gms and good team builders do if you look at like the uh the ravens you look even the packers god forbid the Packers, they just keep making picks they just make picks every draft they have like 13 picks like i said maybe five of them hit but if you get five guys here five guys there hit a couple guys you got a whole team and then you have depth because you have all these like third and fourth round picks waiting behind guys. And so they just let guys go in free agency. They get a comp pick and that third round draft pick they picked two years ago. Now he's a starter at cornerback. And now you don't need to go out and spend $20 million on a cornerback. And it, the, the approach is just like, it's awesome. I know like they're not perfect. They're not going to make all the right picks. They should have picked this guy over that guy. I don't, like I said, I don't get caught up in it. It's the approach. It's the overall process that they use to, to, to build a roster that I like. It's refreshing, like you said different from Ryan Pace. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, it, it's so hard to it's so hard to judge at this point because these guys haven't even put on pads yet in terms mm-hmm. of, you know, playing at the pro level. But in terms of the process, you focus on the interior, you focus on the trenches. Mm-hmm. I've said it many times. It's been 40 freaking years since the Bears actually <laughs> spent a top 10 40? pick on a tackle. <laughs> and I mean, it's not like it's they not like they've been Bears hurting for top 10 NFL picks, man. Today. Like they've been there. So you actually, you know, you get a tackle there. You get two interior defensive linemen, three of your first four picks. This is how good teams are made. And yeah, is Darnell Wright, Javon Dexter, and Zach Pickens all going to work out? Probably not. It's just how it is. But like, yeah. if you get one or two of those guys to become really good starters, potential stars, like that's huge. And you you got to take more swings to get more hits. Like that's that's what it is. So I'm really I, I'm with you. I'm really happy with it. You can actually sit back and say we don't know how this draft is going to go, but at the very least, we know that all of the right steps were made to actually make sure it goes as well as it can. Mm-hmm. All right, so boys, let me ask this. Uh, I'm going to put this out here. I'm going to go. We're going to go. Dan, we'll go. Roy and Brendan. I want to hear your hear your thoughts on this as well. Which veteran on this team do you think has the most to worry about after the 2023 draft? What guy, you know, is is now sitting on the hot seat? You know, and maybe I guess I could say with the addition of DJ Moore as as well, because that's not something that we've talked about thus far. So again, on this one, I want to go Dan, Roy, Brendan, and I'll finish it up. Um, to me, it's got to be Cody Whitehair. Cody Whitehair. <laughs> so my answer, bro. <laughs> I'll find out soon. <laughs> it's got to be. It's got to be Cody, man. It's got to be Cody. So this is why it's got to be Cody. Is he's far removed from his Pro Bowl years, right? He's still only what 30, 29, 30 years old. So he's still fairly, 
fairly young. He should be able to – you should be able to get some more trade out of him, like four or maybe five years out of him, to be honest with you. Those guys up front, they play for a while sometimes, right? So, uh, you know, 6'5", 300 pounds uh, guy, if they move him to center – you know, so be it. They've got guards now, so mm-hmm. you can see that his days are numbered at that position. If he's going to be on that football field, it's probably going to be a center. If if he, you know, if everything works out for his favor, I was a I was a a guy who thought that he might even get cut post June first, right? Mm-hmm. He'd be one of those post June first cut day, cut guys. Um, if it happens, so be it. The, the Bears have plenty of money, so they can really carry him if they want to. Um, which, you know, they, they might end up doing after all. So if they do carry him, I think he needs to step into the center position if he gets it or if he's given that opportunity. And, hey, you know, you better take it and none of this hiking the ball into your butt, butt you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, none of, I mean, that, he did it too, man. Like yeah. Sam Mustafa did it, but so did Cody White. Yes, he so did. James did. Davis, right? So so he's he's got he's to gotta clean that up. Um and I think he's probably much – he's pretty much on the high seat because you can see these young guys that are around him, young young dogs around him, young guys around him. And it's like, hey, you're the veteran. You need to step up and kind of show these guys how to be veteran, how to, how to play the game of football on the offensive line. So they're going to look to him to be somewhat of a mentor to some of these younger guys, right, and, and, and do that. And also stay freaking healthy, bro. Stop getting hurt. Be available. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Be available. Yeah. 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 Dan, Dan took my guy. So I'll give him. Yeah. I think, hey, Lucas Patrick was brought in here to be the starting center, right? So, and then they drafted uh, Doug Kramer. So he got competition. It's not just going to be a Cody Whitehair is going to get his job. But I don't want to say Cody Whitehair because Dan said it already. <laughs> he already stole me. My partner stole me. Stole me. So I'll, I'll come up with one. I'll say uh, Kendall Vildor. I know he's not a big name, but he started for us last year. They drafted uh, Stevenson. Not only did they draft Stevenson, they draft uh, the, the kid Smith out of Minnesota. So not only does he have an uphill battle to be a starter, which I don't think he will, you know, he has an uphill battle to make the roster at this point because you got you got uh, Jalen Johnson, Kyler Gordon, Tyreek Stevenson, Terrell Smith. And uh, right now you get that, that. Those are your top four corners. So the guys who are five and six going to have to play special teams. Can he play special teams? Maybe you keep him around. Maybe you don't. So I think he's going to be a guy who's, who's going to, who's been around, who kind of who kind of survived regimes. He's not a big name, but he started for us. And I think he 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 has an uphill battle to make the rosters with the other young guys like Jalen Jones that played well for us last year. You know, he, you know, to make that that fifth, sixth cornerback spot. I think he has an uphill but not a big name, not Cody Whitehair, but I think he's a guy that's gonna have a a tough time. Brandon, what about you? Well, it's funny, Roy, you say Kendall Vildor because I was thinking the same position, but a higher name. I'm going to go Jalen Johnson. Ooh. Yeah. So he's up for a contract. I don't think a contract extension is going to get done this offseason with him for a number of reasons. One, Jalen Johnson, first off, he's he's a fine player. Jalen's been a fine player since he's been in the league. He's had some very good stretches. He, of course, ended on high note against the Eagles, against A.J. Brown. But I think Jalen Johnson values himself higher than what the Bears are going to value him in contract negotiations. I, I That's not to say a deal won't get done. I just don't think it gets done this summer. Two, he doesn't take the ball away. He has not – he's generated one interception in three years. He, I think like maybe two fumbles. And three, he's been hurt. He's missed time in two of his three years for injuries. He missed time for COVID as well. 
I just think with Tyree Stevenson coming in, talk about Terrell Smith potentially. They already have Kyler Gordon on the outside on the inside. I'm just not totally sure that Jalen Johnson has a job after this year. And I know he's going to get every opportunity this summer. And to, you know, he's most likely going to be the starter. I don't think that's an issue, but this is more of a, hey, you got to prove your worth and you got to make it. So we want to pay you the money you think you deserve because we've got two guys in the wings and we're going to see what they do. So I think this isn't, it's not like an immediate thing, but it's like the seat's a little warmer under Jalen Johnson's butt right now. You know, I, I don't think I actually believe this, but to some extent, I'm, I'm just playing devil's advocate. Darnell Mooney, uh, Darnell Mooney getting hurt. And then uh, obviously um, watching um, Tyler Scott come in from Cincinnati, he's built like Darnell Mooney. He has a very similar skill set to Darnell Mooney. Um, I just, I don't know. I feel like Poles is really trying to put his hands on the roster. I love Darnell Mooney and I don't want to see him go, but I'm just kind of putting it out into the world. Maybe you could see that happening. Well, I'll just say to that, like, you know, Poles is pushing guys. That's the cool thing. Like, you know, guys like Mooney, guys like Johnson, like, you know, these positions that we think are decent. Okay. You bring in two corners. Now you bring in a wide receiver like this and who knows what Tyler Scott's going to do. But I do like the fact that polls is pushing some of these positions like, Hey, you got to continue to produce. And Mooney, even though he did get hurt, he wasn't having a great year last year. And we know what he's capable of. I, I do like the fact that he's like, your job isn't safe no matter what. Cause these younger guys, they could be coming for it. And that's that's a great point, you know. Mm-hmm. You, you mentioned because you you look at what Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace was doing, and how long do we have Javon Williams and and, and guys just <laughs> sitting there? You know what I mean? Ryan Nall was, was you know, Tyreek Mizell, Mizell. How long? You know what I mean? You're all a <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, he's he's bringing in guys to push guys and and get competitive juices flowing. That's how you get better. You know what I mean? Guys are prideful in that locker room, man. And and if you don't have it, you'll be exposed. You know what I mean? Really quickly, you will be exposed really really quickly when it's competitive, right? When things are competitive, guys get exposed, their falls get exposed, and then you can really move on from them and and, and do what you need to do. That's a great point too. And mm-hmm. you bring up Darnell Mooney. But I'll also add to that, Chase Claypool. Those two guys are up for contracts, right? They 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 probably not giving out two wide receiver no, contracts. Probably not. So so somebody better better you know step up and be the better and, guy. And, and, and yeah, Claypool got a different body type, and that's yeah, yeah that's another aspect. You got to look Claypool six five. They traded for Claypool. Like you said, uh, Darnell Mooney is the same kind of physical body type as Tyreek Stevenson. I mean, uh, Tyreek. Uh, I mean, Tyler uh, Scott. Tyler Scott. We <laughs> got you. We got you, dude. We all these T's. We got Terrell, <laughs> Tyreek, <laughs> Tyler. Like jacking me up, dude. So yeah, you sitting this- there when you sitting there with two draft picks, two first rounders, and we know who's waiting. Yep. To be drafted, Marvin Harrison Jr. Oof. That doesn't Chase Claypool could be out of there too because that's you talking yeah. about six foot four, six foot five guy play on the outside. Hey, to have DJ up. Moore and Let's Marvin Harrison up. Jr. Ooh, dude, that's that, that. That's all I'll say about that, boys. All I'll say about that is we were having the same conversation last year with JSN, <laughs> and I know, I know, our guy Ness would say the same thing. Like we're saying, hey, just wait until 2023 when we get JSN. We're here with Mooney. It's, it feels like deja vu. Like, oh, if we just get Marvin Harrison, I'm just, yeah, I, yeah. I love him. I love him. He's such yeah. a good. 
I don't swore. Such a great player. I'm just saying, like, we, we don't know what's going to happen in, in 10 months. Yeah. I right. wish Devore was here. I wish he was here. Oh, right yeah. Now. He shout out, shout out Devore. You would get him fired up bringing up Jay's hand, man. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, boys, we got a new roster. A new roster. And so now I'm really curious to know what you feel that the strength of this team so far. And then, uh, Roy, just so you know, that we were talking about how the Bears are probably going to bring in a pass rusher at some point. But um, at this point, right now, stamp it uh, end of May. What do you think is the strength of this team? Let's go the same order. So we're going to go Dan, Roy, and Brendan. Um, I would say the strength of the team has got to be the quarterback. That's your best guy. That's your best player out there right now. Um, he's the guy that that makes things happen. He gets things done. Even when guys are around him are not producing the way they should, he's able to, to get some things going. And, you know, we had some games where they picked up the pieces and, and you know, they were scoring 30-plus points with inferior talent and, and hurt individuals and and no offensive line. So you don't want to see him continue to have to do that, of course. But I, I would say that's still the strongest position on the field. Um, we do have some, some, some strides being made on the offensive line. So I'll say that that's good. Defensively, I would say linebackers are, wow. You know what I mean? With the, with the additions that they made in, in Edwards and also in, in, um, um, uh, Tremaine Edmonds, Edmonds man, yeah. outstanding, outstanding work there. But still, the the strength of the team is is quarterback Justin Fields. Roy, yeah, I think it's um, I think the secondary is the, is the strength right now. I think uh, well, Eddie Jackson has proven to be an All Pro caliber safety when he's motivated. He looked like that last year, and I always believe that Jaquan Brisker has All Pro potential. So you got two stellar safeties back there. One that'll knock your head off. One that'll take the ball back. Mm-hmm. And also you got Jalen, like we just said, Jalen um, Jalen Johnson. You got Kyler Gordon who's going in the second year. You got Tariq Stevenson who just looks like he's like a built-to-play press man, right? Fast, Terrell Smith. I think they're just deep. The secondary just looks stronger. We can get any type of pass rush. I think those guys are going to feast. Uh, and like Dan said, this linebacker core, man, the linebacker core is stellar. They just like Sanborn, Swell. Those are depth players. Uh, Cole. He, he, he's a good player. And, of course, Edmonds and Edwards. And I also think the wide receivers are, are, are good. I think they're underrated. People are saying, well, they're only this and that. Not, I still think secondary is the most important. But they're, they're, I think they're pretty good. And I think a lot of people are going to be surprised. Bre- Brendan, before you say anything, just think about, like, we're talking about the Chicago Bears having a good receiving core. Like, what, mm-hmm. what universe is this it's right now? better, man. It, it feels like 2013, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully with better defense than a yeah. coach that doesn't, you know, can actually talk to the team. Uh, I actually, I was going to say secondary. So, Roy, you, yeah. you got me there. I'll, I'll just add real quickly before I go on. Yeah, yeah. The fact that you had your starters go out and guys like Josh Blackwell – Jalen Jones were able to keep up with so little pass rush, even then, I think is is outstanding. So adding in back those starters and Tyree Stevenson, Terrell Smith, seeing what they can do, uh, that's really helpful with the safeties. Um, I would also say linebacker, but I'm going to touch on a position group that wasn't brought up yet, and that's running back. I really mm-hmm. think the mix of Dante Deontay Foreman. Khalil Herbert, now Roshan Johnson, and mix in Travis Homer as that special teams slash 
pass blocking specialist as a running back, I think that's really, really huge. David Montgomery, for as much as we love him, and I love him so much for how, how hard he ran, he didn't fit the system, unfortunately. And Don, Deontay Foreman is a much cheaper version of that who has less tread on the tires, who is getting way more yards per contact than Montgomery will. You add in Johnson, who will probably push him, and Khalil Herbert, who can kind of fit in as that change of pace back. And then what what was lacking last year? Pass blocking. Travis Homer is so good at that. I think it's just a well-rounded group. So I'm excited to see how they all flow together. I'm excited to see kind of who comes out on top from that group. But just it's not the sexiest group right now, but you look at it and you're like, damn, it's well-rounded. Mm-hmm. I'll just say re- very quickly, Edmonds, Edwards, and Sanborn. That's a hell of a linebacking core and one that I'm very excited to watch. I don't think that teams are going to be able to run the football on the Bears the way that they were uh, able to do that last year. I'm excited about it. I guess I should ask this question, guys, as is there anybody in this in this call today or anybody on this pod that believes pass rusher isn't the biggest weakness? Is there is there another area that that's bigger than pass rusher? No, <laughs> no. Yeah, all right. All right. <laughs> so we're moving. Hunter we're moving. next. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like you like Trenton Gill? <laughs> no, Trenton Gill. Yeah. All right. All right. So so it's way too early. Way too early. We're not. We haven't even hit like the the main mini camps. We have, we haven't really done anything. But let's just say like where we sit after the draft. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is no longer on this team. DJ Moore has been traded in. We're gonna go the exact same order that we have been going here, boys. A way way too early prediction. How do you see the NFC North breaking down? Who's at the top? Who's at the bottom? Man, I, I hate to say it, but um. I think Detroit might be able to come away with it. Um, I want to say the Bears, I want to pick them. But unfortunately, I, I feel like there's still a lot of coming together that the Bears need to do. There's still some some question marks there. I think the Bears can mess around and they can get second place in the division possibly. But I think Detroit, um, for what they're doing, what they've done, they had a decent draft as well. Even though they did draft Jameer Gibbs and everybody was flabbergasted about that, they ended up <laughs> trading, trading Swift away. So – I think they 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 have a a nice core. You have a you know the 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 veteran quarterback leadership of Jared Goff. He played excellent last year. You know for for everything that people say about him, he put up the numbers last year. Um, so you never know, man. You know, um, but but I think Detroit probably ends up at the top. I think Green Bay is going to slide all the way down to the bottom, and I can't wait for it. Love to hear it. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> It's going to be similar to what Dan said as far as I go. I think Detroit is going to is going to end up taking it. Uh, I don't know long-term if Detroit can hold it. You know, cause I'm not really a huge Jared Goff fan. I think Justin Fields has the potential to be the best quarterback in NFC North, and it's not even a close. Absolutely. Jared Goff just doesn't – I mean, he has a better team around him. He had a better team, especially offensively Agreed. last year, and yeah. that made him look good. Uh, we're going to make up for that, but I think Detroit is going to, going to get number one. We're Bears fans, so we don't believe in the Minnesota Vikings, especially after last year. <laughs> that they, they won all these games by one score. We lost a bunch of games by one score. And Kirk Cousins, and they're a mess. Like, they're losing everyone. Z Smith is gone. Mm-hmm. Like, like Delvin Cook might be gone. Mm-hmm. All they got is Justin Jefferson, like, at this point. Like, you know what I mean? He, he only can do so much. He's an awesome player. But I think they're frauds. So I think the Bears have an opportunity to bump up to number two. I think the Vikings would be number three. They'll kind of be in the in the in the hunt, and the Bears are kind of edge them out because we just had an infusion of talent, and this team is just. I think this team is going to come together eventually, throughout the year, and and of course I, I hate the Green Bay Packers, 
and they suck. And I don't think Jordan Love is that good. I don't care what no one says. I know we got the PTSD from like being Bears fans with Green Bay. I do not think Jordan Love is good. Like he wasn't good in college. Like you can't like to me, you can't convince me like you weren't good in college. And then all of a sudden you weren't good in the NFL in practice. And now you're just going to be good because you're a Green Bay Packer. You can't. <laughs> I don't I don't understand that. I, I just don't get it. I'm like, if he was that good, they would have traded Aaron, Aaron Rodgers a long time ago. He's not that good. That's why they didn't get rid of him. They eventually just got so tired of Aaron Rodgers. They're like, we're going to. My only fear with Green Bay is they're going to tank and they're going to get Caleb Williams. That's my only fear with Green Bay. <laughs> that's my no, fear. no, no, no. That's not fair. That's not fair. That's not fair. That's, that's my fear. Is that they like, you know what, we're just going to go with Jordan Love and let him get his head bashed in. But I don't think they're going to be good. Hopefully they're just like good enough. They're like picking seven and they don't get a chance to get a good quarterback. And they have to just suck it up like we did for like 50 years. There's some truth to that too, man. Because yeah. if you look at what they did with that whole they – didn't, they didn't pick up his fifth-year option. They just mm-hmm. gave him an extension, right? And the extension was similar to a fifth-year option, right? But basically they could walk away. Mm-hmm. They could walk yeah. away from it, you know, so – it was one of those things where it's like, okay, I understand why the Packers did it. Why did Jordan Love do it? Like, do you not believe in yourself to actually get that fifth-year option? I think it was like $22 million. And even then, if he hits all of his escalators, I think it's only $20 million. So he's yeah. not even getting the, the same even. money. But, guys, don't worry. He's It's that offseason. It's the time of the offseason where everybody looks great, and he's taking the <laughs> steps, and he looks like a true quarterback. You hear it coming out of Green Bay, but what To say everybody look good in shorts. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm officially replacing the uh, you know best shape of their life season with this guy knows how to play quarterback season because we've we've seen it come by with like five guys now. It's funny. Um, no, so Ryan and I were talking about this before you guys came on. It's really difficult to predict this division. I think I'm. I think I'll put Detroit at the top. But I'm very leery about teams that have that hype that haven't necessarily proved it yet. Like, oh, they're definitely going to take the next step for X, Y, and Z. Think of the Browns in 2019. Sadly, the Bears in 2019. Other teams that you really thought, like, the pieces were around them, for, but for one reason or another, they couldn't do it. So I think Detroit wins, but I think it's going to be a very, like, a 10-7 and seven kind of division. Like, nobody wants to win this division. Mm-hmm. I still think I'm a little higher on the Vikings than, than most just because I think Kirk Cousins, as much as we like to crap on him, he's still a decent quarterback, and he's got the best wide receiver in the game, so that the makes best. up for a ton. Mm-hmm. Even though they're losing a lot of pieces, I think they'll be in the mix. Then I think the Bears will probably be like you know a third. I'm, pick, I'm picking like eight wins, and I agree. I do think the Packers are going to be at the bottom. They lost too many pieces on offense. They don't know how to be an offensive team right now, and their defense can only carry them so far, especially since Joe Barry's still their DC, which I love to see. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to be curious to see what happens with Lafleur. I feel like he has coached well with Rodgers, but obviously making some really stupid mistakes uh, along the way. I mean, now it's him. It's your team. It's 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 not Aaron Rodgers' team with you on the sidelines. It is your team, and you're going to see what he does with it. Um, I just, boys. What I want more than anything else is for Jordan Love to be just, just awful, ass, just ass, just terrible, terrible <laughs> quarterback because they deserve it. You don't get two Hall of Fame quarterbacks back to back and then have a good quarterback after that. It shouldn't work that you need to have trash forever following these two quarterbacks, right? San like Francisco, losing Michael Jordan. 
Right, right. Like you, you can't, <laughs> you can't, man. It, he, they have to be bad. They have to be. Yeah, Brendan, what's up, dude? Can I just say I, I don't want him to be trash because then it means the Packers suck and they can get a new guy. I want him to just string him along just enough, like <laughs> other Bears quarterbacks have done with us. Yes, yes. Like you know, hey, Trubisky would have a good game every four or five games, and people would say I could be good. Let's string him along. Let's see what we can do. <laughs> kind of like maybe not as good as Kirk. Cousins, but just do enough to give Packers fans hope, and then seven just wins, smash them. Maybe yeah, maybe give them six or seven wins. Okay, have good games, have good games, and then just have terrible games like like Tony Romo did. You know, watch yeah. the field goal and and and, and <laughs> yes. this, you know, right when you right when you're at the cusp of greatness, it get dashed to pieces. Big six, so, yeah. <laughs> big six. So so boys. How do you feel about the Bears starting off the season against Green Bay right out of the gates? I, I don't think I think I might be one of the few people that I'm not excited about it. I, I I would rather see what this team is a couple games before we go to that to, to Green Bay. What are you guys kind of feeling about that? Um, I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it because I want I want I want Jordan Love's first real game to be a meaningful game against Chicago. That would be cool. I think I think maybe maybe the rivalry and things like that will hit him and. And maybe they can smash him and dash his his hopes and dreams and and really get inside his head for a long time to come. You know what I mean? So that's the way I look at it. I remember, I, and I, and the reason I say this is because I remember when when Mitch Trubisky he he opened up the season on the road against Green Bay that one year. Um, it was game what was it twenty nineteen I think it was. Yeah, opened up the season on on the road against Green Bay. And um, I wasn't happy. No, it was, I think it was 2019. 2019. 2019. I know the one you're talking about. No, yeah, yeah, 2019. 2018 was on the road. 2019 was at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lost okay. like 10 he got picked off by. But that yeah, was all that all that hype. The Bears yeah. are going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And 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 that really that really jacked up his his mentality. Right. He went out there and threw the ball like 55 times, and you know we produced seven points. It was ridiculous. <laughs> so. <laughs> You know, that's what I want to see happen. So I don't, I don't mind it. I'm, I'm cool with it. I think we have the better quarterback. So at the end of the day, we're more prepared for it. So I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. Yeah, I actually love it. I love it. Uh, and one of the reasons why I love it, I think uh, Justin Fields actually understands this rivalry oh, yeah. as a, as a Bears quarterback. Like I don't think he yeah. likes Green Bay at all. If you pay attention, like yeah, he they've beaten us, but you watch the games, especially last year. They were close. It, at some point, at points in time, it looked like we were going to win the game. Mm-hmm. Like, it looked like we were going to win some of these games. Justin Fields would do some stuff, and then it didn't work out, right? And it, I think he even did that his rookie year. He kind of, like, played well versus Green Bay. Like, he's not mm-hmm. afraid of Green Bay and the mystique. And I think when you got a player with the mentality of Justin Fields, who he wants to beat Green Bay, he wanted to beat Michigan as Ohio State. He understands it. He understands that Aaron Rodgers is gone. And I know a guy like the way he thinks, the way he thinks, He's like, this is my time. This is my time to take over this rivalry and dominate it. Mm-hmm. Like, he believes that Ryan Post, we're going to take over the North and never give it back. He believes that. And when you got a quarterback who you know this guy is going to do whatever he has to do to win this game, he is not scared. That's the thing about Mitch, not the bag on Mitch. It wasn't a talent thing. I think he was literally kind of scared. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you can see the nervousness and the weight on him, whereas Justin mm-hmm. Fields embraces it. If he got to run for 300 yards and throw for 300 yards – and, and jump over the pile of people, he's going to do it. He wants to win. And I think that to, to take in this new era of Chicago Bears football, 
Nothing is better than have your team that's rebuilt just fills with weapons, with offensive line. It's just stomp Green Bay. Just just, just <laughs> annihilate this. Just, just crush their soul and just end this. And Bears fans are nervous about Green Bay. Just go in and he's sitting on the sideline with his jacket. He's laughing. <laughs> you know, he's laughing with Darnell Mooney in there chuckling with Chase Claypool. He's high-fiving uh, Cole Komet. He's smacking Darnell White on the behind. Like, no, bro, sm- <laughs> smack him. Like, I'm tired of the Green Bay Packers, bro. Get that's it right. over as soon as possible. I'm done with him. I'm sick of him. I'm sick of the Green Bay, the fear of Green Bay, F Green Bay, as a record label staff and as a click. Hell yeah, man. Oh my God. We Still need Roy on the pod more often. We man, I love it. my hype man in the corner. I love it. No, dude, I'm, I'm with you. I really do love it as well. Not yeah. One, for the reasons you just said, like it's our time. I do believe the Bears have the better quarterback. They have the more – they know what they have with Justin Fields more than what the Packers have with Jordan Love. And also – Let's go back a few years. The last few years, the Packers suck in week one. They just flat out stink, okay? So you're getting them for one reason or another. They don't start off well. They're starting off with a new quarterback now. You're going to have to play him eventually, all right? Mm -hmm. This isn't like, you know, oh, we can push him down the road and wait. Mm -hmm. No, get them when they don't know what they have. This Mm -hmm. is a new offense with this guy. They don't know exactly how things are going to go. So now's the time to punch them in the mouth, start off 1-0 while also starting up, starting them off 0-1. Why not? And it also, I like that it's at home. I've railed against this so many times. Yep. The Bears playing in Green Bay, especially early on in the season, has just been dreadful. They play mm-hmm. them so much better and so much closer at home. Couple that with the fact that I think the Bears have just a more – it's scary to say. I think they have the more potent offense at this point. I think good things are going to happen. So I'm I'm totally with it. All right. So, boys, this is one of my favorites. We're having a little bit of fun here. I want to hear a Bears take that you had that you're really, really proud of. One that you maybe knew before everybody else did or, or maybe you're just willing to stand against the grain, whatever it might be. I'll share mine in just a second. And a bad take. You had a really, really, really bad one. So for me, you know, uh, on our podcast, I said the bears were going to be under six wins and the guys kind of looked at me, this is last season. They look kind of looked at me like I was crazy. I said, this is not a good football team. Um, and it came out that way. I also said at one point that I thought Caleb Haney was going to be a pro bowl quarterback and lead the bears. <laughs> no, to super bowl. No, yes, I did. No, I did. I totally did. I totally you didn't did. have to so, say that, man. You didn't have to I, put that out I, there. I'm just, Hey, I'm making everybody feel safe. This is a safe place. So you can, you can, you can, you know, say the good things. <laughs> no, Dan, Dan. Stiller on that one. Yeah, it was, it was rough. It was rough. So, so boys, uh, a really, really good one that you're proud of and a bad take that you've had. So let's go same order as last time, boys. I think, um, man, should I start with the bad one? Let me, let me, yeah, I'll give the good one first. The good take that I had was Robert Quinn. I was never a believer in Robert Quinn. From the day we signed him, I was not happy with the signing because I felt like he only produced in contract seasons. If you go back and you look at his career with, with St. Louis, with everybody he played with, including the Cowboys, he really shined in the season where he needed to get paid, where he was looking to get paid money the following year. And then he, for whatever reason, dropped off the face of the earth. Same thing happened in Chicago. He was at a point where you could get cut. He had an outstanding season. His first year was terrible when he came to Chicago. His second year, 17 sacks. The following year, what was it, one and a half, two sacks or whatever? I don't something like that. It was just terrible. And I was telling people he's not good against the run. 
So you can't, you know, he's like a situational type guy. Put him in on third down, but but to pay him the money that 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 Ryan Pace had paid him was was nonsensical in my opinion. I never believed in him. Um, you know, he's good for certain things, but he's just not. He wasn't. He, at this point in his career, he I didn't want him on Chicago. Five years, I was eighty five million or something like that. They gave him something crazy. Um, so you know, we we had to bite the bullet on that. Pose was able to get from under it, so I'm cool. I'm happy with that. That was my good take, um, one that I'm very proud of because I, th- I feel like I was the only – even after 17-sack season, I was like, no, trust me. He's going to – trust me. Watch what happens. And sure enough, it happened. Um, I've had I've had so many good takes, though. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, that's why, that's why your podcast so is doing I mean, so I, well, right? But we know we've got some bad ones. Yeah, I got, Come on, I got Dan. Let's go, ones. dude. Um, one of my bad ones, I would I would say, is is the Mitch Trubisky. I think I think I was blinded a little bit to. You know, I was I was I was I was I was hard on Matt Nagy, deservedly so. But I end up giving Mitch Trubisky a little bit of a pass in some regards and, and t- until the writing was just super clear on the wall. I was so focused on, hey, this guy is not putting people in a position to win. And Mitch, he had some talent. He had a little bit of talent, right? So you could see it, like Roy was saying, you could see something pop up here and there, and it's like, okay, I can work with this. I can work with it. But at the end of the day, Matt Nagy wasn't doing his thing, and I was, like, totally wiping it off, and I wasn't focusing on what – what he had mentality, the mentality that he had going on. When when I heard the report that, and this is when I changed on Mitch, <laughs> when I heard the report that he was walking through Hallis Hall turning televisions off because he couldn't handle oh, it. Oh, yeah. I was like, okay, yeah, he's fried. He's done. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yep. He's done. There's, there's, you know, I missed that ship. So so I I think I, I stood, I, I was in that boat a little bit too long. Um, I would have been one of the guys – I didn't get a raft. I would have been trying to flip a table upside down and try to float away on that. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to segue, based on what you said, into my bad take. I'm going to just go straight into my bad take. My bad take was surrounding Mitch Trubisky. It was around when the Nick Foles. I was. I wanted to get rid of Mitch so bad that I was willing to accept almost anybody to, <laughs> to, to, to get rid of Mitch Trubisky. So when we got Nick Foles, I was like, great. At least he can run the offense, right? Yeah. I and thought we he argued a, about that. Yeah, I thought he could be a bridge, like at least a bridge. I like some people think I was gonna, I said he was gonna be a pro bowl. I never said that. I said he was gonna be a bridge, right? And my Philly friends told me, man, you might get four good games out of him, and then he's going to implode, right? So I was like, no, nah, we can probably get it. We can probably get sixteen games out of him. That didn't happen. And he imploded. He started off. He played what he played well versus the Buccaneers. And he put the Atlanta Falcons. We got one and a half games. We got, and then he, then he was like, he did, go to the he, L, right? <laughs> go run to the L. And I was like, oh, Nick Foles is wonderful. So, and it was mainly because I thought that Mitch was so incompetent that he could not run Matt Nagy's offense that you had to get anybody in there with a brain to run the offense. And I was wrong. I was wrong. The good take I was about during the, the what was it, 2019 draft when everybody was hyping up uh, Zach Wilson. Uh, Trey Lance, Mac Jones. I said no. The two quarterbacks in this draft class are Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. And I often posted a meme of Larry Bird and Magic Johnson playing together, playing against each other in I- Indiana State and Michigan mm-hmm. State. And I said, this is what they are. This is what they've been since high school. Yep. These are the two quarterbacks. Everybody else. I mean, Mac Jones might be a serviceable quarterback. And I was like, Trey Lance and Zach Wilson are boomer bust uh, candidates. They might bust. And what happened? They bust. And guess who's still standing? 
Trevor Zach, Lawrence and Justin Zach, Fields. That was Zach a, Wilson. Woof. I did not. Man. Oh my. We 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 called him Derek from uh, Step Brothers. We did. Okay. At least with Mitch, you oh, go. Man. Okay, Mitch got you to the playoffs once, <laughs> and a kind of a second time that wasn't really the playoffs. But he played a couple times. Where you say, okay, I could kind of sort of see the talent was there. Zach Wilson. What were you thinking? That dude was never there. Never. Terrible. Terrible. I, I, can't, I can't get over that now, Derek. From Step Brothers. <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> he looks just like him, bro. Yeah, I know he does, except Derek's actually confident, you know. <laughs> California wine mixer. Oh, my God. Sorry. That's Catalina wine mixer, baby. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay. Um, boy, I've got a lot. Um I'll, I'll stick with wide receivers though, because I think like that's, that's the position I, I feel like I know best because I, I grew up playing it. I was coached in it. I feel like, well, so there's plenty of bad takes. Trust me. Just look up Mitchell Trubisky in my name. You'll find some. Um, so for wide receivers, good take. Um, I'll give you two quick ones. One, I didn't think Riley Ridley was a fit on this team. I was not enamored with him. I was like, and when Ryan Pace said he was a steal, I'm like, I don't see it. I don't think he does anything special. He's He doesn't have the speed. He doesn't have the athleticism. Sure, he can run routes, but I don't think he's going to be a guy for this team. And even when everybody was clamoring for him, you guys remember 2019, 2020, let's see Riley Ridley. I'm like, because everybody else sucked. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he did too, apparently. Um, and then the other one, I'll just say, I Darnell Mooney. I was very much on the, hey, I think this guy could be yeah. Johnny Knox. I, he has a very similar body type, production, smaller school. I was like, if he, I think he can give you like 800, 900 yards and be a special teamer. Did more than that. So um, the bad take, Anthony Miller. I thought he was going to be Steve Smith, man. I was so enamored with him. I I was I fell in love with the production. I fell in love with the attitude. Of course, his rookie year, I thought this guy's going to ascend. And he wasn't even as good as the other Steve Smith, <laughs> which is saying something like he, he just still had that attitude. He wouldn't run his routes correctly. Got shoot out by the coaching staff. He punched Ch- uh, Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Like everything went wrong for that dude. With the helmet on. With the helmet on. Yes. I still think in my like heart of hearts, he can still be an adequate wide receiver, but man, I was so, I've never, I was more hyped for Anthony Miller than I was for Kevin White easily so that's that was tough so boys this has been a phenomenal conversation and all good things must come to an end obviously for all of our listeners here at the bear down chicago podcast you got to be checking out the three kings of the midway those you guys are so good at what you do absolutely love it and just as we're talking about miller i'm starting to think about Devore talking about, oh, yeah. <laughs> about him. I mean, it's some, some really insightful stuff, you know, obviously Devore playing wide receiver in college. Um, and so that was really, really good stuff. So, so folks, you, you got to check them out. So Dan, Roy, um, and Brendan and I, let, let's hit some people with some shout outs before we get out of here. Anybody that you'd like to give a shout out, uh, whether it be your crew, anybody, anybody at all, Dan, Roy, Brendan, and I will finish it up. Yeah. Shout out to you guys for having us on, man. We really appreciate being here. It's always fun to sit down, laugh, joke with you guys, have a good time. Um, shout out to Ill Will, of course, my my partner in crime right there. We great minds think alike, man, with the with the Chicago Bulls today. So yeah, yeah, we yeah. didn't we didn't we didn't we didn't get together and, and, and get no. back together. 
So shout out to him. Shout out to our, our other co-host, Devore Nesby. Um, his good take would have probably been Anthony Miller, which was your yeah. bad take. Yep. So that's 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 yeah. crazy. But shout out to everybody that messes with the Three Kings and listens to us. We appreciate y'all. We appreciate everybody doing it. Follow me um, at Danikin. Follow Three Kings of the Midway at Three Kings underscore Midway. Pay attention for the podcast. We're going to be dropping them every single week. And peace out. By the way, yeah. real quickly, I just want to say I, I love your Twitter name, Dan. I keep thinking of it like Danikin, Anakin. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, in my that's head it. all yeah. the time. I, I yeah. think it almost every time I see you on my that's Twitter feed. So I want to make it. sure I tell you that. I appreciate it. Appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, same thing. Shout out to you guys. Shout out to Devore. Shout out to Dan. Uh, shout out to everybody that follows Rockwood is on Twitter. It's been it's been fun, man. We uh we begin to attack by by a lot of outside fan bases, so it causes kind of bear fans and not in fight as much. We're fighting our Vikings fans as to kind of see that we're building something. So shout out to Bears Twitter for like circling the wagons. I'm pretty sure we'll be fighting again soon. <laughs> <laughs> but that's about it, man. Thank you all for rocking with us. Uh, it's been fun, man. It's always a fun time. No, definitely. Love love talking with you guys. I still – I've talked with you two a few times. I still have to talk with Debori. You know, hopefully that happens soon because, oh, yeah. yeah, just, just talking yeah. about his wild takes. And he's, he's such a yeah. fun follow. I love it. Yeah. Um, my quick shout-outs go to uh, two, two guys who I feel like I've followed forever. Scott Coral, TJ Brooks, just guys who I'm always interacting with on Twitter and I don't shout-out enough. Uh, just want to shout-out those guys. Appreciate all the back and forth. Um, I, I love hearing from Scott definitely. He, he called me one time, you know, when he was like moving back to Wisconsin, he's like, I'm so sorry. I have to tell you, I'm moving back to Wisconsin. I was like, no, it's great, man. I'm glad you're back in the area. Like just a great dude. And TJ as well, just always, always hopping in and, yeah. you know, talking ball, whether it's hockey, football, basketball. So, uh, you know, many more guys, but shout out to those two in particular. Yeah. You did it, that's, Ryan. That's oh, uh, but I but I caught it right away. Yeah, this time you did. You okay, did. so uh, so shout out to Devori. I know he wanted to be here, but he had work, and so he couldn't make it. And I really wanted to have him on. We'll get him on in a future episode. Devori, thanks for hanging out with us, and my good friend Rob Kirkland. Um, I'm just gonna, you know. No, nobody's business. Rob needs some love right now. So a shout out to you, Rob. I'm thinking about you. Lots of love to you, my friend. And I hope that you and your family are safe and well. All right. So folks, I got to say thank you so very, very much for hanging out with us. You know, it's the off season. And so things are going to be a little bit more sporadic. That's okay. We're going to keep coming at you with episodes. Uh, check out the three Kings. I mean, it can't say enough good things about those guys. They are so, so good at what they do. Um, episodes, like I said, you're going to be coming out a little bit sporadic, but thank you so much for listening. We know you can get your bears content anywhere and so we do appreciate you guys checking us out so for all of us here at the bear down chicago podcast thank you so very very much and as always bear down chicago